right, you are listening to episode number 77 of the Water and Stone Church Podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I'm Jenny Randolph. This is a special episode um, because it's the fifth Sunday, and the fifth Sunday of every month we do an Ask the Pastor Sunday where people send in their questions. And so I don't prepare a lesson. It's just uh, what people send in. I don't see the questions ahead of time. I'm working uh, uh, without a net. And so it's uh, it's a lot of fun to do. It's really nice to get to be in touch with everybody in the congregation and want to know what they want to know instead of me just talking at people, they get a chance to offer some feedback. And so it's great on so many levels. It was such a good Sunday, and I'm so happy to share it with you. It was a fantastic service. And like you said, it's really nice to see where people's minds and hearts are at. Mm. So without further ado, we'd like to share with you the Sunday worship service for July 29th, 2018. It is our Ask the Pastor service, and it happens every fifth Sunday. We hope you enjoy it. We are a Bible-based church, and so even when I don't know what I'm going to say, I know this part. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. So, uh... Oh, I got some good ones for you today. Yeah, it's going to be good. Are you ready? You ready for this? All right, here we go. First question. Why is service so important? Why is service so important? Because... It's a beautiful thing to have a thought in your head. A lot of people spend a lot of time trying to get the right idea. That's great. But we got a lot of ideas about a lot of things. I have an idea that we're all on the same page, that we're all equal, that we're all entitled to certain things. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful idea. But if the thing you do in life doesn't match the idea you have, frankly, who cares? I've got a good feeling about certain people. I've got a good feeling about a certain place that I go. That's great. What are you doing about it? We are here to show the world something. We're here to model a certain kind of behavior. It's great if you have faith, but if you have faith, you do a thing. It's great if you have love, but if you have love, you do a thing. You can't shut up about it. When you find something you love, man, oh man, you heard me say before, when you find a restaurant that you're into, you tell all your friends, I love those tacos. Man, oh man, if you have love in your heart, you do something about it. And so sometimes people struggle with, how do I get the right idea? Where's the right book? What's the right thing to say or feel? I feel lost by that. And sometimes you can walk backwards into it by just finding a good thing to do. If you don't know how to feel yet, if you don't know how to attach to the idea, find something good to do, and sooner or later, and sometimes it takes a little bit, but sooner or later you'll get out of the way of yourself. And you'll get to a place where there is purity of action because you stopped worrying about it. We shoveled things that we don't want to talk about in church yesterday. <laughs> we carried big old bags uh, of it was animal a, it food. It was a lot of things we there don't want to talk There was a lot of shoveling. <laughs> there was a lot of carrying things. There was a lot of cleaning. I think Mitch uh, did a lot of that. Uh, thank you, Mitch. But uh, at the end of the day, what there was was love. And in that moment of getting out of our way, we found a little bit more about ourselves and about how God works. Service is important because we're here to make a difference, which is what I should have said, and we could have saved all that time. That's okay. What do you got for me next? All right. This is one that came in a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't have a chance to get to it. Is so it the what's wrong with this guy question? No, I'm no not, not that one. Not, that, not... One, that one's towards the end. Yeah. That one's towards the end. Okay. 
How do you apologize or make amends to someone that will not communicate with you when it weighs so heavy on your heart to make things right? Mm. I think that this actually is very compatible with what we just said. Stuff happens. We're all here to grow. And man, oh man, I've done like five dumb things this morning. It happens. We're human beings. Just like you said in the meditation today, I'm a child of God and like all children, I'm here to grow. I give myself permission to grow. Sometimes in the growth process, there are growing pains. Sometimes in the growth process, we do the not so smart thing because we're learning. It's okay. It's okay. Not everybody knows it's okay. And it might be that my relationship with that person, we haven't set it up so that we give ourselves a little bit of slack. It might be that my relationship with that person in the past has not come from a place of, let's say, purity and more of a place of control or superficiality or ego or whatever. It's okay. That can be healed. I don't know about you, though, but I don't find that the healing happens if I find the right flowers to buy. I don't find that I can crack the code of that person by saying the right combination of words. That never works. I've written poems, and still you don't forgive me until I uh, (laughs) wise up. So it's great to phrase your apology. Spend some time writing it out if you want. Get clear on it, but then put it in your pocket because that was for you. You want to apologize to somebody? Show them that you have grown. And if you can find a way to show them that you have grown, that you're not the person who did that silly thing anymore, okay, all of a sudden it gets easier. And, on the other hand, it might be that that person isn't in a place where they're compatible with this new, bigger you. Well, then you learned something there too, didn't you? And that's okay too. Some people are only on this journey with us for a short time. Some people we go away from and meet on the other side of something. And that's beautiful. It's okay. But be the apology. There's something really important about that. Nice. I like that. All right. <laughs> Glad. From a spiritual perspective, what is laziness and why do we experience it? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, you know, sometimes it's really hard not to think, well, what was the person thinking when they wrote that? Um, Laziness is fear, right? I'm afraid that I'm going to do it wrong. I'm afraid to put myself out there. I'm afraid that that if I do a thing, then somebody else is not doing the thing, and I look like I'm silly because I'm sweating and they're not. We live in a culture where a lot of times it's taught that if I can be unchanging and unmoved, that somehow I won. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm at my best when I'm out there moving and sweating a little bit and and you do a thing. But somewhere, somehow it became a cultural value to just hold still and have people do things for you. And even though that feels yucky when you really do it, you go on vacation, you go do a thing. You go to Disney, you sit by the pool for a minute and then you want to jump in. You know what I mean? There's that moment of activity that makes it important. Laziness is fear of doing it wrong. Laziness is fear of putting yourself out there because what if I put myself out there and people don't like it? Here's the thing that I want everybody to know. God is perfect. God does not change. But you do. 
The mistake that gets made sometimes is the idea that I must put it out there and have it be perfect and unchanging. But it never works that way. The answer instead is do the best version of the whatever it is that you've got in your pocket right now. Put it out there and then learn from that process. Oh, that worked. That didn't. Okay, do it again. That's all. Laziness comes from the fear of that, that if I put it out there, it will be forever out there. But memory doesn't work like that. You probably did something goofy when you were in fifth grade. You remember? Yeah, exactly. You remember it or you don't. But nobody else does. It's gone now. You're not a fifth grader anymore. You know what I mean? It goes away. Things go away to the degree that we let ourselves let go of them. Remember that thing that you wanted so bad for Christmas that year that was going to make or break your existence? The new bike or the fire engine or the whatever it was? Maybe you got it. Where is it now? I bet you don't remember. Memory is a funny thing. Put yourself out there. That's the process. Be the person who's not afraid to fail. Be the person who realizes, you know what, my self-esteem is not caught up in the things that I do because the truth of me is from a bigger place. My ego isn't caught up in doing it wrong. My ego is caught up in the doing. And that's an important difference. And it leads to big things. Every hero you ever thought about or heard about or read about or knew put themselves out there and messed up a whole lot of times. I remember when, when I was a kid and we went to the Smithsonian Institution. My parents always said they were going to take me to an institution. And so <laughs> I was excited about this one. Um, in, I think it's the Museum of American History, they've got this exhibit of all of the ways that Edison tried to make the light bulb and screwed up. Mm -hmm. Some of you have seen it. Mm -hmm. And he tried to use this as a filament and this as a filament. And it's just, it's just I, in my memory, it just went on forever, this display case. And there's something really beautiful about someone who is universally regarded as a genius. And the thing that he's really famous for is you just keep on messing up until you get it right. The best baseball player in the world is also the best striker-outer in the world. It's okay. Take the pressure off yourself. Go do a thing. That's what you're here to do. God is perfect. We are process. And there's beauty in that. So take okay. out the garbage. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did Jesus have a best friend? How did he demonstrate friendship better than, quote-unquote, stuff? I imagine material, material yeah, things. The world like seems that. to send a competitive message that's hard to ignore, even among friends and family. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot in there. I love that. I love that so much. Okay, did Jesus have a best friend? We have this competitive thing that goes on. It's true. I think that I'm going to, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Part one, I think that the big problem that happened, I don't know when, the big problem that we are recovering from in so many ways is somebody told us that we start out life empty. Somebody told us that we start out life completely devoid of anything. We're just like this empty vessel. And our job in life is to go get filled, right? To go get stuff. And so there are so many people that spend so much time trying to acquire. I need to get knowledge that I can fit in my head. I need to get possessions that I can fit in my garage. I need to get attention, whatever. For so many people, life is this process of acquisition. But there's a problem with that 
Mind is primary and causative. Or put another way, everything is practice for everything else. So what you do makes you only good at that thing you're doing. If you get good at acquisition, all you're good at is acquisition. So in other words, to decode that even further, if I spend my life trying to be filled by a thing, I will never be filled. Because all I'm good at is the pursuit. You know very wealthy people who aren't happy, right? This is part of the reason for that. And that idea that I am empty and I must be filled leads to an atmosphere of competition. I got to get mine and they better not get theirs. I got to beat them to the race. And there are people who live in that race and it is exhausting and pointless. You've been to school and had a teacher, let's say, who they thought their job was to fill your brain with knowledge and we're going to cram for the exam. And it's exhausting and you probably don't remember much from that class because it was an endurance event. And then maybe, maybe you had a teacher who thought, you know what, you're awesome. Let's bring something out of you. Let's do a thing. Instead of me forcing facts into your head, let's take a minute and get our hands dirty and figure out why this is like this. Think about the things you really know. I bet you most of the time you've got a story about how somebody bigger than you sat down and did a thing with you. Because they knew you already had it in you. It's a matter of how do we let this out, right? There's beauty in knowing you don't start out empty. You start out as a child of God. There's a little baby in this room who's participating in the service just as much as I am. And that is music to me. Babies start out perfect, loving, pure. They don't know about racism or even fear. All of that is taught. So who's empty? So there's that competition idea. And over and over again, Jesus said, you're a child of God. You're already the light of the world. Go do something about it. You're already perfect. Jesus might say in so many words, the only thing that's different about me is that I know who I am, so maybe it's time for you to know who you already are too. And if you can do that, everything works. That's the goal. That's how this works. So did he have any friends? (laughs) Well, he hung out with these 12 dudes. I don't know if you heard of them. This is a Mary Magdalene thing that I like very much. John the Baptist is, you know, you know, you kind of... There's, there's a crew. Maybe. There's, there's a, a crew. crew yeah. I think Bible scholars refer to that as his posse. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> he said, whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my father and my mother. There's this idea that, you know, depending on the Bible translation, it's that idea. If you do the will of God, and he said in other places the will of God is good, go do some good and you're in my crew, so to speak. There's a lot of miracles In the Bible, obviously, that's what we know about it. And there's different people around to witness different miracles. But there's three guys who are always there for all of the big miracles. Groucho, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's three guys who are always there for all of the, the big miracles. And they are the disciples, Peter and James and John. They're kind of the inner circle. Now, what we know is that Peter represents faith, and James represents judgment, and John represents love. So our lesson there is that if you want that thing to happen for you, the miracle that you're working on, the breakthrough, the growth, the just, can I just have a day? (laughs) Whatever it is, start where you start. 
But what you need to have with you is faith, judgment, and love. Faith, the power that sees past appearances and knows, you know what, it doesn't have to be the way that it is right now. The way that it looks isn't the way that it necessarily has to be. That's faith, that's the beginning of something. Judgment is the power that says, you know what, this is healthy, this is not. I am deciding. This is a big deal because some people think that being spiritual means anything goes, just, you know, beat me up. There are some people who think that being a good Christian means taking a hit. That's not what it means. Love stands up, and that's the next part. Love. Love fiercely. Let that love carry you into something. If you have faith, if you have judgment, and if you have love, you will see miracles in your life. You will be that kind of friend. Did I answer that question or was there more to it? There was a lot in that little No, thing. I think you did. I think you did. Right. I think you did. And I'm watching the time and I think I think you I think you nailed that everything okay. in that. So so we're good. All right. Next one. What has been the greatest blessing to your soul recently? Is this a question that my wife has put in asking it? No, it actually was not. It actually was not. I and I didn't I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. I'm not a cheater. No. There no, are not at all. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> remembering who you will go home with what is that no um you know i gotta tell you there there are so many things that happen all the time this moment as cheesy as it is is pretty darn amazing look what we did guys but i i have this moment i don't know if you've noticed but about a quarter till 11 I, you know, I hang out in here, we do the sound check, we make sure everybody's okay, I go and I get the coffee, and we do all kinds of work. We work hard, because we have to take this church and pick it up and take it down again every single Sunday. But at quarter till 11, I go and I disappear for a little while, and I get centered, and I think about what I'm going to say, and, and then I come back in right before the services. And every time, you know, a lot of people haven't shown up by quarter till. So I go away, and I come back, and there's this moment where there's family happening. And everybody's supporting each other. How have you been? What's going on? What are you working on? How'd that thing go? And there are no strangers, even if this is your first time here. Somebody wants to know how your life is going, and somebody wants to help. And I come around that corner every time, and I'm just like, God, we did it. You know, thank you. Every Sunday, I am bowled over. You can tell I am bowled over by that moment. So that was a big deal for me. But I have to say that uh, another thing that sticks out for me was a week ago, uh, you and me and Mitch went to a Violent Femmes concert. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't Google it if you're at home. It's, it's a kind of a punk rocky band from the 80s. Everybody at the concert was about uh, 97 years of age. <laughs> I was probably the youngest person there, so that felt pretty... Oh, you were. That I was going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold Ladies up. and gentlemen, <laughs> my child bride. But anyway, um, <laughs> but what I loved is, is we found a spot kind of where I could look down on the band because I like to watch the technical things happen. But I was also looking down on the floor, you know, and there was all these people who were, you know, inconvenienced. <laughs> you ever been in the crowd in front of a band and say, I'm, okay, I'm here for two hours. I can't sit. I cannot do anything but this. And I think about the fact that people paid money to be there. The quality of the sound at a concert isn't as good as the CD in your car or whatever, and yet there's something beautiful about investing time, money, heart in art. Seeing a band doesn't do you any good. It doesn't advance your career, probably. There's no logical reason why. 
But you see, that's what love looks like. There's no logical reason why. It's invisible. It's not something you can prove with an equation. And that's where God lives. So I felt really moved by that. Really, really moved by the fact that we go and do this thing that makes no sense. And that's where the beauty is. I pray that we all find things in our life that you can't possibly explain to anybody, but you just know in your heart that there's truth there. That's what makes the world a better place. Okay, now this time I'm going to kind of combine two very long questions, so okay. stay, stay with me. But it seems Should like... Should I be have a... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, but I, they're, they're asking kind of the same, the, the kind of the same thing. So um, one of them is spending time in the silence seems to be a great way to find guidance in our everyday life. Okay. Yet this method is rarely used because we are so overwhelmed with daily activities. Yeah. How do we stop living minute to minute and give ourselves time for the silence, thus making better decisions? Yeah. So that's the first one. And okay. the second one that came in was, as I find myself in the middle of my busy, busy day at work, home, school, driving, whatever, what can I do to remember, um, remember I and those around me are children of God, not just, uh, not just stop and take a breath, but allow that God thought to be with me all the time. Then remember that the truth during the heat uh, of the daily hubbub. So it's kind of like I, I wanted to get those kind of questions because I Why feel like they're kind of Why don't people take same. a space and how do how, I take a space? Right. Is that fair? Yes, is that fair? perfect. Okay. Once again, this is the emptiness paradigm. Why don't people take space? Because they, they think that space is to be feared. I got to fill that. I have to fill every moment. I can't, I can't even be in the car without the radio and maybe texting at the same time. Oh, that was a pedestrian. That's okay. I got four-wheel drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? The idea is there can't be a moment where there's not something going on. And it's something that we've sort of built into our culture. And once again, I think it comes back to a place of fear. Because if I am constantly busy, I don't have to ask the deep questions. And man, the unknown for some people is really frightening. I don't want to go to a place where I haven't been before. But the thing is, that's where God lives. That's where love lives. In a place where you don't know. In a place where it's beyond logic, beyond reason, beyond proof. Because proof is in the past and faith is in the future. It's about taking a step past what you know, past what has been proven. And that is frightening to people who live by proof. But the truth is, nobody really lives by proof. Paul said we walk by faith and not by sight. And when you think about how often you use faith just to get through the day, how often you trust somebody, something, how often you really live by faith that it's going to work out because you are in the process of working it out. Think about how much you trust and just decide to reflect on that. Take a minute. Take a minute, wherever you happen to be, and go, wow, I have no idea how the brakes work in my car, and yet I trust. I do the thing with my foot, and the thing happens. Wow, I have no idea how the company I work at does payroll, and yet I know my check's going to be there. On the other hand, if you spend the whole time at your job down in the payroll department trying to make sure your check happens, you're going to get fired because you weren't doing your job. There's a point there. There's a point there. Metaphysically speaking, you are not in the payroll department. 
Stop worrying about how it's going to get there. And stop worrying about how it's going to get there is the beginning of how to make sacred space in your life. Sacred space begins when you go, wow, wow, it's so crazy that we're here. It's such a weird, wonderful thing to be anything at all. Start with that. You don't have to know what it means. In fact, that's kind of the point. It's so wonderful to just be. How do I remember that, that we're part of something bigger? Well, there's lots of things you can do. Take a minute when you eat, just every bite. Just say thank you. Just realize how amazing it is that that came from farmers and that came from photosynthesis and that came from this thing. Take a minute and realize that there's something even bigger than science happening there. Don't say your prayer at the beginning because prayer is not something you just check off a list. Try to incorporate that prayer in the moment. Take a minute and get quiet. You don't have to have the radio on all the time in the car. When you're alone in the car, take a minute and just be in that moment. Don't be afraid of the silence. Take a minute. Find a way. It doesn't take very long. The duration of a stoplight, you can remember who you are. All you have to do is put a stake in the ground. Think about when you have been at a moment where you had to say, wow, the edge of the Grand Canyon or a sunset or when you knew you were in love. The beautiful thing is what happened in that moment was there was silence. And from that awesome silence, the universe begins. So all you have to do is breathe. One breath can change your life. I promise. Okay. I'm going to do two, maybe three more questions. Okay. We'll see what we can um, get out of there. Um, Why do you always say freedom is a choice? What does it mean for you personally? What does it mean spiritually? And what does it mean on a grand scale? Okay. Um, well, it's copyrighted. No, I have to say it. No. <laughs> the deal is that it's kind of at the cornerstone of what I'm here to do. Because I need you to know that no matter what else is going on, you are not bound by your outer condition. No matter what else is going on, you are not defined by what you grew up with or a trauma that you went through. It happened, but you move through the happening by remembering who you are. The thing that I need you to know every week, and that's why I say it, Every week. The thing that I need to know is no matter what else is going on, no matter what else seems to be holding you back, you have the power to change your mind. No one else has power there. What goes on between your ears and in your heart is the place, maybe the one and only place, the place where you have soul dominion. I don't know what you're going through, but what I do know is there are people in this room who have fought so hard just to be here right now. There are hero stories that just involved I managed to get out of bed in the car and in that chair this morning. You have no idea. Oh, God bless the hero stories. No matter what things look like on the outside, you may not know what to do in the outer I don't know how to fix this person, this job, this relationship, this financial situation. I don't know how to fix the economy. I don't know how to fix the the position of the raise right now. I don't know how to fix any of this stuff. (laughs) 
But I can change my mind. I can change what's in my heart. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world. You know this one. Don't be fooled by the way things look in the outer. But be ye transformed by a renewing of your mind so that you can prove the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God loves you now. All you've got to do is agree with God. That's what this is. That's the whole thing. All you've got to do is agree with God. If you choose it, you can change things. And if you can change things, you can be free. Or you can choose to be subject to how people feel about you, how much money you have or don't have, what you grew up with, where you're from. You can choose that. I don't recommend it. Freedom is a choice. And the reason that that's so important, not just for you as an individual, but for us as a world, is think about it this way. The world is a better place when the people in it follow their hearts. You know what have to looks like in your life, right? There's things you have to do. They're no fun. There are so many people that live their whole lives in terms of have to. You know what want to looks like too, don't you? There are things, maybe just a moment out of the day when you do a thing that you want to do, when your heart's in it, when you lose track of time doing it. For me, it's this. But whatever it is for you, I need you to know that life can be lived on in terms of want to. Something's calling you. Want to is the beginning of listening to the call. I need you to know that you can be free, not just because I want you to be happy, I do, but because this is how the world gets changed. When the people in it follow their hearts, I need you to know that freedom is a choice. That's why I say that thing. All right. Now you know. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. Right. All right, so this is kind of a series of questions about the next eight-week series. Okay. So there's, there's a couple of questions in here, and so I want to get them all. What makes this new series of services different from the previous I Am series? Why is this night different from all other nights? Um, you had mentioned the next series having to do with signs and miracles. Do miracles happen based on my doing, or do miracles happen by God's doing? Okay. Can I control whether a miracle happens? So you can kind of chunk that down, and I can break it down for you as you go if you need Let me to. just go, yes, no, no, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the next series is called Signs, and I'm going to take you through all of the major miracles of Jesus in the Gospels. We're going to go through all of them and figure out what they mean and how to put that into play in your life, what Jesus was trying to tell us. Because remember, over and over again, Jesus said, guys, this isn't about the card tricks. I'm not here to make bread. This isn't about, hey, watch what I can do in a swimming pool. That's not the point of this. <laughs> in fact, we know this, right? The, the whole ministry of Jesus was not, hey, look at me. If, if it was anything, it was look at you. Go and do this. Your faith has made you well. Go and sin no more. Our Father. You know, all the stuff that we talk about all the time. So the miracle is not the point. The miracle is a lesson. Jesus is trying to say, this is not a problem, feeding the multitudes. Do you have the hungry multitudes in your life in one way or another? Of course you do. Do you have a Lazarus in your life? Of course you do. It can work for you too. So we're going to go through the learning opportunities in the Bible, Jesus' miracles, and understand what they mean. And more importantly, what are we going to do about it? So that's the first part. Do miracles still happen? Was that part of the... Uh, yeah, it, it was... Um, hang on, let me get back to it. I had moved on. Sorry. It's okay. okay. All right. 
um, do miracles happen based on my doing or mm. do miracles happen by God's doing? Can I control, control whether a miracle happens? Okay. Um, you have no control over it because it's God's stuff. The miracle is happening because God is happening. That's like saying, do I have any control over gravity? No. But you do have a choice as to whether you jump off the roof or not. Gravity happens, man. Anybody who's ever learned how to ride a bike knows that gravity just happens. Wear your helmets. That's kind of like how miracles work. God happens all the time. Our job is to get out of God's way. Can we control whether a miracle happens? No, you can't make healing happen. It happens. And if you cut your finger, your body knows what to do. And that's just the, the crudest little tip of the iceberg about what is really happening with God in your life. God knows what to do. I can't control that. I'm not in charge of that. What I am in charge of is how much I get in the way. That's the thing. People think that miracles are when God bends the rules. When people pray for a miracle, sometimes they're like, God, can you just look the other way? When Miles was small... He, we knew he was about to do something unspeakable when he would say, don't see me, okay? <laughs> don't see me, which means, oh, Lord, get the camera. <laughs> something amazing and horrifying is about to happen. Don't see me, okay? But sometimes when people pray for miracles, that's what they're really saying. God, don't see me, okay? I want to do a selfish thing. Don't see me, Okay. But it doesn't work that way. Everything you put out comes back to you. You cast your bread upon the waters. Everything you put out comes back to you. That's not how miracles work. The miracle, if you want to think about breaking the rules of miracles, is that we can ever be in a situation where we don't get it. But there were people who hung out with Jesus and didn't understand. So we can give ourselves a little bit of slack. You have no control over the miracle happening, and you wouldn't want it. You don't want to be God. You have control over whether or not you agree with it. You have a control over whether or not you accept it. And that will determine how well you grow, if you grow the easy way or a hard way. But you don't even have control over whether or not you grow. You're going to grow. The choice you have, let's compress it all down. The choice you have is easy way or hard way. That's where your choice lives. But the miracle is happening right now because the miracle is you. It really is. <laughs> okay, so it is... It is <laughs> It is time to wrap it up. Okay. But as you wrap it up, there's one more question. Okay. And um, so you can kind of wrap it up and include this. And the question is, is, is there anything that I can do to help you fulfill this ministry? And it is time to wrap it up. Wow. Okay. Um, I see why you did that one last. Um, okay. So let me do that real quick. We're never going to care about numbers here. We are not McDonald's. This is not a billions and billions served situation. As you've heard me say many times, what I don't want to be is Starbucks. I want to be that local place where they make good coffee and they take them in and they remember your name. We're not doing fast food church here. So what I want, what you can do, that's right. <laughs> what I want is for you to take a minute, look at the people around you, reach out to them. Be part of this family. Yeah, you know what? That means showing up when you can. Yes, that means inviting your friends when you can. Because like I said, if you're excited about a restaurant, you tell somebody. 
If something here made you feel better about your life, if something here gave you a tool that you can apply to make the world better, isn't that better than lasagna? Tell somebody. Because they deserve it too. I mean, I've had some good lasagna in my life. But tell somebody. Yeah, that helps. Show up and tell a friend. We do all kinds of advertising and stuff like that. You know that. But the only way any church ever grows is when people tell somebody about it. That's all. So yeah, you could do that. But honestly, the thing to do to make the world a better place, the thing to do to help me, this is not me, this is Jesus' ministry, but the thing to do to help this ministry happen is to find a way to be the prayer today and tomorrow and all through your week. Find a way to show somebody. I say freedom is a choice every week, and I also say go out and show the world what love looks like. That's the deal. Those two things go hand in hand. Freedom is a choice. Choose something that sets you free. Choose something that feels right to your heart, not to your logic, not to your wallet. Feel feel something. Choose something based on what makes your heart sing. Step out on faith and encourage and in boldness today. Choose it. And then show somebody. That's how you help. That's how the world gets changed. They'll know that you're God's children, not because we all got the same T-shirt on, although T-shirts are coming. They'll know that you're God's children, not because we all agree on the same doctrine. That's awesome, but come on, who cares? They'll know you're God's children by your love. You want to help this church? Go show people what love looks like. There's something that you have been waiting for. Maybe you know exactly what it is that you need to be doing. Here's your sign. Go do some piece of that. There might be things that you need a lot of money to do or a lot of time to do. Okay, fine, but make your list of all the things you'd do if you were successful. There's something on that list you can do right now. You owe it to yourself, to God, to your church, to whoever, to go do the thing because somebody's watching you who doesn't have the courage you have. Go do a thing today. Anything. It's time for you to be free. Maybe you don't know what you need to be doing. Then do what you are doing with honor. Find something that you can love in that moment. The commandment is thou shall not hate thy job. (laughs) Find a way to work with love. Find a way to live with love. Find a way to think with love. The world gets changed by that simple choice. Because, after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. Now it's time to check it out. And check it out is the time of our show where we tell you what we're up to, where to find us and all that. As always, the best place to find out about more about what we're doing is to go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com. On that page, there's links to all of our social media accounts. There's a great calendar that has maps and directions. And we're doing a million things. We've got service projects all the time, men's groups, women's groups. We've got sunrise celebrations, sunset celebrations, of course, our amazing Sunday morning service, 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So check out the website or and or you can text I am ready I A M R E A D Y all one word text I am ready to 84576 that's 84576 if you text I am ready to 84576 you'll be added to our distribution list and what that means is uh, once a week or so we don't spam anybody once a week or so you'll get a, a text that has our newsletter in it 
maybe if there's some kind of an emergency situation and we need to change locations or do something different, we might use it that way. It's a great way to be in touch and it's also you can text back to it and ask questions or if you have some feedback or whatever. So that's another great way to, to get in touch to stay in the loop. Absolutely. I also want to remind the folks listening that we have an amazing YouTube channel mm-hmm. for the church. Go and subscribe because you're going to get a lot of different kind of information. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that this is the only place that you can get the whole audio of our Sunday worship service. That's right. Because on the YouTube channel, we just have a like sort of a highlights and it's really, right. really great. And I love that. But if you want the whole thing, this podcast is the only place to get it. Right. But the YouTube channel offers very shareable snippets. Mm-hmm. So if you want somebody to get an idea that you have heard on this podcast or something like that, go to our YouTube channel and chances are there's a probably about a five to seven minute you know, summation of what the whole service was really all about. And we've done such an amazing job of making those shareable so we're not, you know, ha- making somebody sit down and watch a half hour right. or an hour service. It's it's usually five to ten minutes. And not only that, but there are classes, there are, you know, past um, worship service that, that we have done on there. So to get an idea of how the church is run and all that good stuff. There's also a separate YouTube channel for this day, which mm-hmm. is really neat which is kind of my pet project and and it's so if amazing you, oh well thank you and it if really, you really look is. up my name jenny randolph j-e-n-n-y randolph and this day you're gonna you're gonna find me um mm-hmm. the other way that you can find both of those youtube channels is again go to the website um if you, and you go to the watch page yeah at the it's very top all one listed of the, under there one of the nav links yep, says watch exactly and, that's and what you're, you're gonna, gonna be do. able to find all of the links there to everything that you want to see and everything that we're up to but i just didn't i wanted to mention the youtube channel for For sure. sure super proud of it but most important i know that we live streamed the Sunday service today. We only do that every fifth Sunday because right. we really, really want people to come to church. There's nothing like it. And so every fifth Sunday we do live stream it, but that's the only time we're going to ever live stream it. Probably the whole time that this church is alive, we are only ever going to live stream once in a while because there's nothing like being in the building. So the best thing for you to do is show up. Be there on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. The church services are held at Harbor Hall. And the street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. You don't have to put in your GPS the finest city on the face of the earth. Your GPS already knows that part. So just put it in. Be there at 11 o'clock. It's amazing. Just come for the music. And I know if you get a taste of it, if you watched the last couple of Sundays, I put mm-hmm. some clips up. And if you follow us on Facebook, you've seen it. But but the music was outstanding today. Come and see it live. It's even better, you know, like all music is. You know, it's better in person. That's and right. you, there's just so many benefits to being in that room with like-minded people. Yeah. So Such it is family. worth your time. It is worth your effort. I promise you will not be disappointed. Show up on Sunday mornings. We'll see you at 11. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the 400-pound gorilla of Pinfeather Studios is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She is just a star.
She's half of the music you hear. She's half of the, well, she's a third of the music you hear on Sunday mornings. She edits these podcasts and most of the video and audio stuff that we do comes out of Pinfeather. And that means it comes from the talented hand of Raina Randolph. The other half of the music that you hear is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, and he is both of those things. Man, oh man, if you get a chance, go back and watch the the live stream on Facebook because you get to hear our band doing and Miles is singing lead for the song. It's transformative. I, I was definitely a, a misty. Uh, it, it brought tears to my eyes. It was so lovely. I'm so grateful for the two of those people. They are heroes to me. This podcast is solely supported by you. And there are so many things that means. We are supported by you in every single way. There's uh, there's never going to be an ad or a price of admission or anything else. That's kind of even a silly idea. So if you want to help support what we do, you can go to the website and donate electronically. You can shop at Amazon in a way that benefits the church. It really helps if you share these links. Go to Facebook and invite your friends to like the Water and Stone Church page or pick one of our events and invite your friends to it. That's huge if you do that. Or you can go to iTunes or wherever you're listening to the podcast and write a five-star review because that lets the powers that be know that this podcast is worth promoting. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Be there with us for one of our celebrations. But most of all, if you want to support this church, there are two things that are absolutely vital. Part one, show up. Be there on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. It's going to change your life. There is a family there that wants to support you, that wants to include you, that will welcome you. No questions asked and no strings attached that will make you feel like you can do anything. There are ideas and feelings there that you can't get anywhere else every Sunday at 11 o'clock. That's thing one. And thing two is tell somebody. I'm asking everybody in our church to invite one friend a month. Just tell somebody about it. One person a month. If you can do that, you can do anything. And we together can change the world.